Hello and welcome to our very special guest today, Carrie Lonsdale. Carrie, thank you so much for coming and uh, speaking with. Ah! My my earphones just went. Uh, you want to start yes. over? <laughs> no, uh, I will start over. I'll just edit this part out. All right. Okay. Um, Let's take two. Take two. <laughs> welcome to Carrie Lonsdale, who's. I appreciate so much for taking time out of her busy schedule. She is on deadline, but she told me that she would make time for for this conversation. So thank you so much, Carrie. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Lindsay, for having me. Well, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you write? I am, well, as you know, Carrie Lonsdale, and I have been writing full-time for several years right now, and I write... I guess you could say my books bridge genres. In general, women's fiction, but it can fall under commercial fiction, book club fiction, domestic suspense, family drama. I kind of take a blend of mystery, suspense, and romance and kind of throw it all into one story. Yes, and that's one reason why I love your books, because they have everything put together, but in a really elegant and natural way which I think is, is really fun to read. No, that's a nice um, way to put it. <laughs> I like <thank> you. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll write a review later. <laughs> <laughs> so your, your latest book that just came out last month, I think, uh, was Everything We Left Behind, and it was the sequel to your debut, which was Everything We Keep. Um, and I have to say, I read the blurb for Everything We Left Behind, and it sounded so... Awesome banana pants soap opera <laughs> again. In a, but I knew your books, and I knew it wasn't going to be you know like 1980s days of our lives. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the premise of this book and why I might have thought about days of our lives? Yeah. Well, I'll I'll touch first upon that soap opera thing because you know in my books they do have drama in it. But let's put it this way: it's a formula that works because how long exactly. has soap opera been around? They're addictive, and I think that's some of my best reviews is when people say, you yes. put the book down. Uh, <laughs> but the premise is the first book, uh, Everything We Keep, was Amy's story and everything from her viewpoint, and there was a lot going on outside of the story because she was not aware of it or because she was so naive she wasn't seeing it. Uh, and so that was a story about her growth and um, her having to make that decision at the end as to her next move. Uh, Everything We Left Behind is James's story. And it is, as the, as the description on the book says, it is told from two perspectives, uh, both of them being James, but one while he was in the fugue state in, um, as Carlos's journal entries, uh, which he had left for James. And then... Um, also James's point of view. And it's one of the reasons why Carlos's point of view is in first person, because it's the journal entries versus the third person present tense for James, because it's happening like in the moment. And so that's his story and him having, you know, waking up and he's in a new country. He finds out he's been married and has got these kids with no idea what has happened to him for the past six so years. So it's a form of amnesia, right? 
It is. Dissociative fugue uh, occurs when there's been a traumatic event or just something so uh, overwhelming that the mind can't cope with it. So it literally shuts down. The, the individual loses everything that, about their identity or they cannot retrieve that, that being their names, their familial associations, uh, the, just anything about who they are. Now here's the interesting thing about it <clears throat> is that you might not know who you are and you lose everything about your identity, but you don't lose your skill set mm. because it's a different part of your brain which is why James, or I should say Carlos, while James was in the Fugue State, could still paint and still had all those same skills that James had. Perfect example of this in fiction or literature is Jason oh. Bourne. Oh, wow. And that's what I found so interesting and what I had a lot of fun playing off on. And, and it is with this condition is that, think of you as you are, Lindsay, and somebody comes and tells you that, well, you aren't really Lindsay, you, you're Rose from here and you, you're married and have got a family and stuff like that. And you, you're like, what? You, you, to you, it's just amnesia where you just can't remember. You don't realize that you were this whole other person. The identity doesn't, the new identity doesn't realize it's a replacement. So how much research did you have to do on this <laughs> I I'd actually, yeah, I had to do quite a bit of research and, and quite a bit of digging because it is one of the, if not the rarest forms of amnesia. Uh, uh, the only thing, I mean, I can go and I can Google uh, what the... <clears throat> Uh, what what the symptoms are, the causes, and whatnot, but just trying to come across real-life examples of it was challenging, and, and case studies, let alone even doctors. I think there's one doctor at Stanford who has treated a patient or two like this, and unfortunately he didn't return my phone calls. Oh. <laughs> but what was fascinating is what some of these people have gone through. This one gentleman who constantly has dissociative fugue. He's married mm. and thankfully his wife, every time he draws, he, every time he goes blank, his wife has to start all over again to say, this is who you are, et cetera, et cetera. And that article that I read, it, it, he never really knew the cause of why he did this. Certain minds, I think certain brains, the way they're wired are more susceptible to it. Uh, another really fascinating case that I came across is um, this family who had lost their daughter who was a reporter about 12 years ago, gone as missing, and then they eventually wrote her off for dead, and then they finally said, you know what, Let's, we, we need a, because they had hired a private investigator first, didn't find her, then 12 years later decided to do it again. Well, this PI ends up finding her in Alaska in a trailer park, married with three kids, no recollection of who she was at all and so it, it's such a trip but oh. just and those are really rare cases because it is more rare to stay in that food state or to be in that food state food state anything longer than a couple hours, a few days, or a few weeks. Mm. It's more common where you see the situation of the wife with the kids who just leaves her open minivan in the parking lot with the kids in the car and is found wandering down the highway with okay. no memory of how she got there. So, 
but the semi-permanent states are pretty rare. The, the, yes, if a fur goes uh, on longer. I mean, I came across some, you know, YouTube videos where situations where the individual has um, is in a fugue state and he's trying to find out, you know, he's trying to recapture who he is. And then you have the, the exact opposite because with that replacement identity, you don't want to lose everything as to who you are, especially right. if you've built up this new life mm -hmm. and you don't want to, you know, yeah. suddenly forget everything if about your current kids. life. <laughs> yes, especially if you have kids. Oh, mommy's someone else. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> no. So oh, it, there's, there's a lot of fascinating aspects of the condition that I was able to... Uh, play upon in the story and with James's recovery and trying to recapture his life. Did you know you were going to go in this direction when you wrote the first book? I did not. I did not write the first okay. book with the intention of writing a series. It's, oh, okay. For me, when I watch movies or when I read books, I personally love it when there are questions at the end where yes. it leaves it where you're just like what because you know why that story sticks with you longer you think about it you try to work it out in your head you remember it um, and I know there's a lot of readers out there who do not like that they need everything to be wrapped up in a tidy little bowl bow with you know everything and this total satisfaction there's different types of readers it's all subjective but as I was going through the editing with um, everything we keep with my editor we kept going back and forth oh my gosh poor James we can't just leave him there he needs his own story <laughs> and 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 that was so I just I started to noodle around some concepts so I knew from the get-go once there was going to be a book two that it was going to be James's story and um and I don't want to get too much into the plot in case there's people listening right. and stuff like that but I felt in my heart that that is the way it needed to be told and the outcome of his life is to me made more sense and was more realistic as to you know if it had gone the other way since I know that you read it if it had gone the other way um, I think it would have been too formulatic is that yes. well I'll have to say that preparing for this interview I was like I'm gonna ask her about this I'm gonna ask her about this I thought no I can't <laughs> At least not on the air, because there'd be so many spoilers. Yeah, not afterwards. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> and I was even thinking, I think you've got some book club questions in the bag. I was like, oh, ask yeah. that. No, I can't even ask those because. Um, but that's that's great. So everyone who's curious now, yeah, they can go and go read the book this. exactly. And it's interesting to see because um, I do read through my reviews. You know, maybe once a week, I'll pop over and just skim through some of the more recent ones and. There's brave. a lot of You're the brave. big, bold, disappointed. And I'm like, yeah, I know, because it didn't end the way you wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, there mm -hmm. is, because, it, and it is, that there's some readers who felt that deep love between James and Amy. And then I've got my, and, and, and the, the readers, they've done it themselves. I've got my team James and my team, a team Ian, where they're like... Oh. Oh. We need Ian, you know. And and then that's going to be the third book out next July will be Ian's story. Oh. And that's, that's the one you're writing. writing. That's the one I'm on right deadline now. for right you're between now. between chapters. Yeah. Oh. Okay. 
Well, we'll let you get back to that as soon as possible because we all want it. <laughs> yeah. But lots of twists in your books. And um, I did want to know, do you do you see them coming or do you plot them out or do you do they take you by surprise too? Both. Both. There's some okay. going in. I know I I I like to have a good idea as to the ending before I can start. I I know where I want the characters to end up. And I usually you generally have a good idea as to where to start. You know, sometimes I have to rework that a bit. Uh, so it's it's trying to find the right path to get from that beginning that I have a good feeling about to the ending that I know I want to achieve. But but so it's that journey going along the way where I might have some twist plot out, but then I'll start writing and I'm like, okay, that twist is totally not going to work. Mm-hmm. And so something, you know, I, I, I'm a plotter, but I love it when the characters take over. Yes. You start, it, it, it is, you're, you're typing or I'm doing longhand writing and all of a sudden you write a, a, a sentence down. You're like, oh, oh, <laughs> where can we go with this? <laughs> so I like those surprises. That's what, um, again, I can't give spoilers, but in the second mm-hmm. book, or in your second book, All the Breaking Waves, yes. again, there was kind of a, a twist mm-hmm. near the end, and mm-hmm. I, going back to what I said, it was, it's just the elegance and simplicity, and you're reading it going, that's a twist? I should have seen that coming, but it, yeah. it was, was beautiful. I, I, it was great. Yeah, so. if you go back and read that one, you can kind of pick up clues that's going to go in that direction. And did you know that one was coming, or was that um, a... No, because that actually, I had a different ending for that one. That one came oh. out through the editing process when okay. we were editing it. I'm like, you know, because it, I had it, because, you know, my developmental editor's like, okay, well, let's kind of change this around here. And so, well, if you kind of change the middle, it's going to affect the ending. I'm like, okay. So so that's, it's, I'm a rewriter, so I'll, I'll do... A, a really fast draft, which is a complete hot mess, and then I go back and I rework that, and then I go back and I layer and expand on the settings and deepen the characters and and get into the meat of the plot. And so sometimes things they change as I go back over the layers, but it's such a time-consuming process. <laughs> I need to fix that. And at what stage are you lo- your handwriting some of this? Uh, the very beginning. Okay. That, that's me just grabbing a cup of coffee and sitting at the kitchen table or going into the backyard or going to a coffee shop and just kind of like you're back in high school or college and, you, and you're just, you're having to write an essay and you just kind of write and you, and you see where this is going to go. And, and so, so once the way I, and even the way I longhand write it, once I start transcribing it into my computer, it, it changes even then because you've used different parts of your brain. Yes. You know, when you're long handwriting versus when you're typing. And they're finding that out now in schools. They're actually telling kids to get back to long handwriting your notes as opposed to typing them into your laptops or your yeah. iPads. Yeah, there's a book, I think it's from 2K to 10K, writing, it's a writing book about writing faster. But the author, um, I want to say it's Rachel Aaron. I, pardon if it, I have it wrong yeah. um, but she advises starting off every writing session with writing longhand yeah and just what do you know about this scene and writing it down exactly and I'll she, bullet point stuff that I'll want to address within that chapter yeah and it does work it mm-hmm. just seems 
sometimes inefficient, but um, it, yes. if you need to get those juices going. Yes, it's almost like, yeah, pushing the accelerator. Let's just <laughs> get... Well, and how many women, I'm, I'm sorry to be sexist here, but women do this. How many women, when we are busy, we write out our lists. Yes. You know, there's not... If you're super, super busy, yes, you might be using your phone, but I swear, I can just... I think most women grab a pen and a piece of paper and are like, let's start working on all these things. Yes, I have my whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. In the kitchen. <laughs> well, and, and you mentioned this at the beginning about how your books are kind of the blend of all these genres, romance, suspense, mm -hmm. a little bit of paranormal, mm -hmm. um, but not... And to any readers who haven't read it, it's not in a scary dragon shifter way. It's it's it fits your brand, you know, the, the little bits yeah, of paranormal. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a blend of magic realism, paranormal. It could yes. probably fall on either side of that. Yes. So do you read in all those genres that you kind of mush together, or, or what do you, you like to read? You know, not, I go through phases. I, I would say that the, that the books I've written have been a good blend as to what I have read over the years. Um, I mean, you've, you, you see the V.C. Andrew influence, you see the Judy Bloom influence, you mm. see, oh my gosh, I was into like Star, um, Star Wars fan fiction for a long time. Who's the, oh, that's amazing. I know, that was like in my early, mid-twenties or something like that, and so, you know, where the mm. books were written for um, chapters seven, or for episodes seven, eight, and nine, we're out there watching, you know, what, The Force Awakens, I'm like, this is not the way it's supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, and then um, I had, what was it, like, I think my college as well as in my mid-twenties, I, I went back and forth, you know, with regards to romance, I was big into Nora Roberts, and um, Catherine Coulter before she went over to her thrillers and um, and then now it's like I find myself picking up everything from romance to women's fiction or book club fiction and um, and psychological thrillers or domestic suspense or whatnot so yeah I, 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 I which is you know I take up bits and pieces and stuff but here's the funny thing I never have really gotten into mysteries <laughs> oh. yet I have to have them in my books <laughs> I know so. I know I like killing people in books does that make me like, what would a psychologist say I know that? exactly <laughs> but me I'm like okay how bad can how twisted can I make their issues <laughs> and some people get really squeamish it's so funny <laughs> yeah so women's fiction um, you were a founding member of the Women's Fiction Writers Association. Yes. Is that, is that yes. named correctly? Okay. So what, for those people that might not realize their favorite books have this <laughs> name, <laughs> what, how would you describe what women's fiction we, is? Uh, the, the, yeah, as the association, which I totally go along with as to defining it, um, because that itself was an evolution as to how to define it because it was so broad is that sure. it's the protagonist the main character you got to think of it two ways first it, it's it's that inner journey is what is driving the story so for instance in a romance novel it's the romance that moves the story along in a thriller novel it's the investigation or whatever that is moving the story along um, and the inner journey might be just 
an outcome of the end result. Um, in women's fiction, it's that inner journey, that change the character goes through that's driving the story, which is why you can see so many various elements, or as we call subgenres, uh, that women's fiction can fall into. You know, the, the romance elements, it's domestic suspense, I see as women's fiction, but it's got all those suspense elements, same with family drama. And then also, too, women's fiction is, I don't know if you read the most recent readers, uh, Writer's Digest is kind of, um, which was news to me, but I guess is really starting to appeal to men. Uh, so so I, I would always say that women's fiction, the reason why it's called women's fiction is because that's your target audience. And that's who I have in mind when I'm writing books is, you know, the, the, the female between the ages of uh, 22 and their 60s or, or whatnot and, and, and everything. So, so that's the way I think of is women's fiction. So yes. When people ask you for rec- book recommendations... Is there something or an author that you almost always recommend? Oh, an author that I always recommend. I recommend so many different authors in what I'm reading right now. Everything I'm reading right now is coming out next year. <laughs> oh, all, good for you. All, I know. I haven't. Uh, I have not read a book. Actually, I, the, the book I just read, that was because I wanted to read and because I'm, I am so far behind everybody else since I've been doing so many endorsement reads, was B.A. Paris's Behind Closed Doors. And that one even made me squeamish. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, which was really good. I, it's just the, the writing style and the pacing or whatnot. Um, I love recommending um, Mary Kubica. Uh, so many, yeah. I'm with Lake Union. There's so many Lake Union authors. I always recommend Catherine McKenzie, AJ Banner. And I mean, the, I could just go on and on. <laughs> I'm sure. Camille Pagan. I just well, finished hers, so that was good. Yeah. Um, so I, you might have already answered this, but what book or genre would people be surprised that you like? Oh, would there be anything? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the romance, maybe romance. I'm not into the heavy, yeah. rom- the romance that I do like is more along the lines. It's more subtle, uh, probably like, you know, mm-hmm. Outlander because I, for me, I have to have so much other stuff going on if, if I'm going to read a book that falls yeah. within the romance genre. But maybe maybe the fact that I was in a sci-fi, I still will pick up a <laughs> I haven't picked it up in a long time, but, you know, if, if there's a sci-fi that will grab me, I'll do it. So I, I want to read my, my son's favorite book is The Martian. I still, I've seen the movie, but I still want to read it. I yes. love the movie, yes. but um, everyone I know who's read the book just yes, yes, because it, it, okay. as my son was explaining to me, is that it, it's actual real technology that he uses. So it's in the way he applies it. So right. it's kind of cool. And that's the feedback like my husband gave me, but at the same time, like I don't really need. I know. I just need a good story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm okay with I'm yeah. okay with the movie part, but. All right. Well, I've got some very important questions that I ask all all my guests. So it's it's the lightning round. Are you ready? Okay. Dark or milk chocolate? Milk chocolate. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Um, When your phone rings, do you answer it? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. 
<laughs> that's the landline, right? Because that is always right. telemarketers. And then when I'm writing, I do not have my cell phone with me. I have to keep it out of the room. That's, so that's probably more than you want for a lightning No, round, no, that's but... genius. That, <laughs> that is something I need to learn how to do as well. All right. When you have the time, how do you usually waste time on the internet? Oh, my website probably. I I I I I piddle around and it's beautiful. <laughs> tweaking it's, something. It's, yes, it's a great site. Everyone who wants to go to carrylonsdale.com. dot com. Oh, there you go. There's a great, plug for you right there. It's got there. lots of great info. <laughs> I planned that one. <laughs> yeah, we we totally worked that out beforehand. Yeah, there we go. Um. All right. This one might be easy, but might not be. Mountains or beach? Oh, jeez. Well, I'm going to say beach because I love the beach. Um, and the funny thing, my husband is all about the mountains. So, mm. so we get a good dose of both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to rotate in my family as well. Yeah. Soda or pop? Soda or pop, aren't they the same thing? Yes, but what, what, what word would you oh, use for Oh, I it? say soda. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you asking me which? No, no, no. Yes, do you prefer soda? I well, did I learn something new today? <laughs> All right. On a men or a cover, which, you, which would you prefer? Abs, forearms, or chiseled jaw? Chiseled jaw. Are you more likely to buy a cover with abs or a beach? Oh, a beach, probably. Yeah. Yes. And by the way, your covers are gorgeous. Oh, okay. Isn't that like cover go to the beach. He's doing a great job. Yes. I love him. All right. And this is the very most important question. What are your feelings about people turning to the last page of a book first? Oh, I can't be upset because I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. I well, you know, sometimes, and, it, and it's not necessarily for me, it's not necessarily to find the ending. I'm it's, For me, I am curious. I'm like, oh, is there stuff about the author in here? Are there acknowledgments? But, and I will, I'll True. flip to the last page. Sometimes, okay, how long is the book? And what's mm-hmm. the general tone? But, you know, I won't try to find out the ending. But I, but I well, do flip to the last page. <laughs> now that they have the like book club questions mm-hmm. or discussion questions in the end, I'll flip to those and then I'll see something like, how did you feel when Roger I know. Like, no, 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 they're so revealing. <laughs> don't, you can't do the questions. That's why even on my website, I'm like, spoilers, don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining oh, me today. This thanks. has been so fun. Oh, good. Well, thanks for having me, Lindsay. I totally appreciate well, it. Yeah. How can people get in touch with you or, or I would say, you? yeah, go, go to my website because, um, everything is there. I've got a contact form if they want to email me and the links to all my social media accounts, you scroll to the bottom of the site and they're all there. <laughs> awesome. And then the next thing coming up for you is you got to turn in a I book. I got to turn in a book. Yes. Deadline is fast approaching. So, <laughs> All right. well, we'll let you get back well, to thank it. You. Thanks again. Okay, Carrie. thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review.
And if you want to share your love of a book with the world, you can go to our Facebook page and leave a comment. Or, this is the fun part, I have an actual phone number in our show notes. Call, leave a message about a book that you love and you want the world to know about, and I will try to play your voicemail on the air so that you can be a part of this podcast, which, after all, is all about reading and readers. This is Lindsay Emery on Women With Books. Keep reading.